You know what? I wouldn't go to Perry for a bachelorette. Where would you go? That's a really good question. Okay, it's between a couple options. One option, Spain, Ibiza. For your bachelorette? Maybe. I just feel like that's... Trashy? No. I just feel like it's uh, inviting too much temptation because Spanish men are so gorgeous. I mean, listen, it's hard to draw lines in the sand, but cheating for me feels like really far-fetched just based on who I am and how much guilt I carry with me every day. (laughs) That's true. The fact is, is like, I don't think I could actually emotionally... I mean, I'm willing to try. You know, I'm willing to go out on a limb. I'll try it out. I yeah, don't think it's going to be successful. How though. do you know you don't like it if you haven't tried it? <laughs> How do I know I don't like cheating unless I've tried? That's a really good question. That's a good point. have a Christmas tree now. Real or fake? Obviously real. Why do you say that mine's fake? I know yours is fake and I say it and I don't regret saying it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need Mine a smell. looks pretty real, Your right? tree is gorgeous. Do you think it looks real? Yes. Your tree is gorgeous, lush, beautiful. My mom has a fake tree. My brother has a fake tree. For me, I need the smell just as much as anything else. I know. I'm thinking of getting a pine situation like a candle you, you should actually like do a candle can i tell you so a I recommendation burn down my fake tree you know what i think you should do what so at any of the tree cutting stations the bottom i was just telling sarah oh, this yeah, yeah. the bottom they'll give those right they'll give those away for free and you and they have the same fragrance that's where a lot of the fragrance lives so anyway sappy. so you put it like on a plate you can match it like you could do a diy candle thing but it smells beautiful divine it's divine it's amazing so that's what i recommend i just again i like loved i i carried my tree by myself it's like a 6 foot tree you felt good. You I felt, felt accomplished. Like, and, and I left and I get close and I smell it. I'm combating seasonal depression with mm-hmm. like stimuli solely based on my tree. Like I'm like hugging the tree for companionship. I'm like smelling the tree. I wondered what all those pine needles were in your cup. It's weird. You it's just, weird when that you I say came. goodbye when you leave. Showering is a really dangerous thing. I'm Completely. <laughs> just pine needles. Should have gotten a smaller tree. I should have gotten a smaller tree. I shouldn't put it there. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. No, gross. Super gross. Tree sex. Tree sex. No, that's dark. That'd be dark if that was the case. It's no, unfortunate but speaking that of this tree episode sex. will air in an area of life where they'll be like, trees? What are they even talking about? It's well, it'll be Marchness. It's March. March Madness. It's March Madness. You we know, got trees for March Madness. I want it. If I could keep a tree in my house all year round, I do have a tree in my house. I have a palm, uh, palm tree. Mm-hmm. But... If I could keep a tree in my house. You don't have a palm tree? Yes, I, it's like a little ma- majestic palm. It's in the office. Oh. Mm-hmm. I can't picture that. I don't know. Like how, what that would look like. How long ago have you I'm well, picturing you a real you, palm tree. It, it's not like a proper palm. It's like a majestic palm. So the, the it's just a lot it's of like, like fronds. It's a lot of fronds. No. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to say a lot of fronds. What would you call that? Fronds, 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 fronds. Speaking of fronds, so so I don't know if I'd go to Ibiza. I think I'd, but I want to go either tropical or like Italy. We go winery, like we go eat pasta, get wine, get wasted, get wasted, go out eat gelato. I that sounds lovely. Was reading Koa a book called Olivia Goes to Venice. 
is Olivia that pig? Uh-huh. She's got so a problem cute with her? and lives such oh, a privileged life. Like, yeah. that girl goes everywhere. Yeah. I don't know who's, who's because there's Peppa the pig and then Olivia. I, I'm not familiar with Peppa. Um, I don't like the look of that pig for some reason. Olivia I can get on board with because they use real pictures of places, which I like a mashup. Oh, um, right. And they paint her in them? The, it's like drawings combined with real photographers. Wow. That is terrifying, isn't it? Um, Ghost Koa. <laughs> the pitter-patter of little footsteps. <laughs> um, they use real pictures and it makes me hungry because she does go to Venice and eat a ton of gelato. Is that why you're going to make carbonara tonight? Yeah. I was thinking about Italy a lot. And I am. And I had to borrow a Dutch oven because I don't own one. I can't wait to help you. I'm going to be your sous chef, okay? Okay. I'm a little nervous because, you know, like the the crazy thing about carbonara. You have to do it quick because it's eggs and you don't want to curdle or scramble. No, here's like it's everything is crazy sensitive. It's like you use a bunch of yolks and only one full egg. You have to wait for the pasta to be cool enough that the eggs won't scramble when you add them. Yeah. But hot enough that they'll actually cook and you're not eating a plate of raw egg. And what... I think I have, like, a PTSD because when I was studying in Perugia, Italy... Yes, you guys. I was studying... Is it Perugia, the, Italy? Wait. You're going to lose your mind. I went to the same school as Amanda Knox for my abroad program. They... Were you there when it happened? It was like f- a few years after me. How wild is that, though? Same program. Even to where, like, they were like, they were at this bar. And I'm like, yep. Like, anyway, amazing. So when I was in that program, I took a class. Maybe Amanda Knox did, too. Shout out to her. <laughs> Someone's got to cover her at some point. You call uh, dibs, it sounds like. <laughs> dibs. I took a class called Food in Italy or something. It's an amazing class. It was bizarre we were God, allowed to take it. Studying abroad is, like, it's such a joke. It's the smartest thing I ever did. It's the best. It's... I didn't learn anything, <laughs> except I did because I learned how to make carbonara. And we I'm had sorry, I'm moving. We each had to, like, pick a food. And whatever food we studied, we had to do a paper on, like, how did that food come about? And then we had to make it for the class in front of the class. So I had to make carbonara in front of my class and then serve it to them. And by tripling the recipe or whatever I was doing, the eggs didn't cook all the way because it was just, like, too dense. And so people were just, like, weirdly eating raw (laughs) egg. Okay, we're going to do this. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be such a good sous chef for you. We have to really follow the instructions. We can't, like, wing it. Yeah, we're going to be focused. We have to be fuckist. We're going to be super fuckist. Yes. It's important to fuck it. Fuckist. Yeah. Don't fuck it. Don't fuck fuck it up. you got to fuck us. Are you hearing all the controversy about this? Um, I was, like, reading about it before you came about this exercise bike ad. It's so good. Can you talk to me about what you think about that? Because I'm lost. Like, in a way, though, where I was like, I don't really get why it's offensive. I don't get get why people are upset. I saw, I'm here to tell you, my mom has a Peloton. It is a delight to ride. It is so fun. And it's like a workout class in your home. I like it. Why is the ad offensive? So here's why the ad is problematic. Is the premise of the ad, I think, again... I just hire improvisers. We'll figure it out for you. But the premise of the ad was this couple sits down to watch a blog she created over the past year. Because last Christmas, he got her, her husband gave her an exercise bike. So 
one thing for me is like, what the fuck? What a weird gift to watch a live blog with your husband about your well, year of growth. Well, that's the part, but it's not offensive to that's me. I'm not just offensive. like, so this couple is really, they're really so, sad and empty people. What's really, and then, so people were very upset that he got her a bike, that what it implied that like she needed to is work out. Is it like father of the bride when he gets her the blender and it just is like, there's all there was just assumptions no, attached no. where it was like it's that you're gonna be skinny like it's like you lose weight lose weight here's the exercise except, bike see to me by them already casting a skinny person they That's were the not other thing. saying anything about losing weight they were like she likes to be fit give her a bike she likes fitness but then the actual blog that she's recording and she's what did she say she goes she's like I'm scared she's like but excited. I'm so scared but excited it's been three days. Can you believe I've been doing this three days talking to her phone at no one? And then they watch this footage a year well, later. It was really edited. bad commercial, but it's offensive? Offensive? I didn't. Offensively bad, maybe. I but think not people were upset that it was, it was proposing that this woman's life was changed because she went from like 115 pounds to 112 pounds. And I told you I'm trying to lose husband, three and a half pounds. You're trying to lose three me? No, that was not a jab at you. That's a tweet that I read about it. Okay. They're like, her life changed. She went from 115 to 112 pounds in a year. Go, girl. An already skinny woman stayed skinny. Crazy. Not mm-hmm. a ton. I don't, her face in it, it's awkward. So it does look like she's under some stress. Did you see the joke one? Um, The Ryan Reynolds got her to do her gin commercial. The gin commercial. That's good. That's good. I'm happy for her. Yeah, because keep I giving feel, her deals. I feel bad for her that this has happened. If you don't know I what that director said to her. They were like, do it like you're crazy excited. Do it like and you're she did. She did. We've all been in, well, any actors who's done commercial auditions knows there's some crazy footage of me pretending to eat a strawberry seductively somewhere in someone's archives. So I really Please don't send have. send that our way. I do Truly not darkly, have a leg to at Gmail. <laughs> I don't have a leg to stand on in terms of what I've done at, like, castings for commercials. I felt bad for her because this woman gets this commercial, and it's a national commercial. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, she's about to be, like, getting a sick payday. Yeah. And then all this backlash comes, and she's the face of it. Peloton, even though Peloton did double down, and they said, you misinterpret it. That's not what it is. Our our bikes are, like, wonderful, and they've people love them. I don't think it was. I don't think it was offensive. I felt it was more just weird. I didn't like, like it. There's so many offensive things happening in our world and country right now. I think You're gonna it, get upset about this weird bike commercial. Yeah, America is bored. <laughs> there are so many more offensive commercials. I'm sure this season. Honestly, that commercial was just bad. It wasn't good. Well, I'm not offended by that. And that is offensive. Oh, okay. Well, agree you know to what? Disagree. You had one job. You had one job just to make a palatable commercial to show people that they can and ride a bike at it. home. And you blew it. So I am telling the story about the solder children. So am I. No, you're not. Yes, I am. And I'm not kidding. Sarah? No, you're this not. This is insane. No, you're oh, not. Oh, my God. No, I you're not. I cannot believe that's happening. No, you're not. Sarah, look. What does my thing say? The solder children. <gasps> Should we tell this story together? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's tell it together. This oh my is gosh, so I weird. love this. This is really I funny. Can't nerd. How did you find it? I don't even remember. 
That is so funny. Has this been on the list of yours for a while? No. Me neither. I even, like, went into my list and picked, like, three things and started research on them. Yes. And I was like, no, no. I was And looking- then started reading this and was like, I love this. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. This I'm, is, like, this- so excited to see, like, what information I got that you did. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. I think that because you started, you'll start. And okay. Let me do the backstory of them. Let me talk go. Talk about t- George and I'm Jenny. I'm going to talk about George and Jenny, okay? We, by the way, spoiler, they had kids named George and Jenny, too. Because they How ran does out it of names. Happen? Total well, coincidence, they, just like us both doing the solder. They children. ran out of children's names because they had a lot of fucking kids, and I'll get to that. Okay, or we'll get to that. I can't believe this is happening. Wow. This is amazing. Okay, so George Soder, um, he was born, his name was Giorgio Sodu, and he was born in Tula, Sardinia, Italia. Maybe this is, wait, full circle. You're making pasta carbonara. Italy's on your mind. Dang it. By the way, you know what this is? This is very truly. Darkly. Creepily. <laughs> I'm Carrie. I'm Quinn. Okay. What, here whatever. We, go. we fucked up. You get it. Okay. So George Sauter, he was born Giorgio Sodu in Tula, Sardinia, Italy in 1895. Um, so he immigrated to the U.S. at 13 years old with his brother. And once they got past Ellis Island... The brother just turned and left, and Giorgio became George, um, and he never discussed why he left Italy. And he had a very American dreamy story as an immigrant at that time. He, like, worked carrying the water for the railroad folks, and he was a driver, and then he owned his own trucking company. He had all shitty jobs he had that all I would never jo- want. <laughs> and I worked at Sam Goody, so that's saying a lot. He had shitty jobs, but he was someone who just, like, he worked, 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 and then he owned his own trucking company. Um, and bef- while I, he met this girl in a shop, and her name is Jenny Cipriani. Yes, I like Cipriani. Because like two C's, yeah. Cipriani. So she was, like, a shop owner. She worked at the Music Box or whatever. They fell in love, and then they settled into Fayetteville, West Virginia, where there were a lot of Italian immigrants. Um, in 1923, they had the first of their ten... Children. Can I also just say that they Ten. built um it said that they built a timber house. And in my <laughs> mind, I was literally picturing the three little pigs. Where I was like, so they went like middle. Like it would have been really dumb to build it out of straw, but they didn't want to build it out they of bricks. Build wood. They did a stick house. So when I first was reading this, I don't know if you felt this way. I was like, oh no, this is why we need birth control. This poor family, they must have been, because who who has the money to feed 10 children? They, they were a very respected middle-class family. Yeah, they, they made bank. His they made did bank well. they, very well. They were well off. So they've had their first child, 1923. They have their last child in 1943. 20 years of popping out babies. 10 babies. And what's crazy to me is, it, this is in the 40s. All of them lived because, you know, in terms of percentages, like all of them survive. We don't know. So far. We don't know. We don't know if she had any uh, miscarriages, miscarriages or anything but... like that. No, but that's a lot of time. 20 years, 10 years. OK, so here's their children from <laughs> oldest to youngest. I was confused on some of these. So I guess based on multiple inferences. OK, Marion, John, Joe, George Jr., Maurice, Martha, Louie, Jenny, Betty, Sylvia. So... <laughs> That's a little backstory about the family. This is this family. They're a well-off Italian immigrant family living in Fayetteville, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and then you want me to talk? Yeah, I mean, we got to share this. Oh, yeah, totally. We have to be so, good colleagues and share the stories. We're going to share it. Um, <laughs> sharing is caring, folks. It can be um, fun. George, uh, the dad, was like super opinionated fellow. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's rich and he knows what he's talking about. He has a successful business. He can walk around and spout his beliefs. One of the things he liked <laughs> to talk shit about was Mussolini. He fucking hated Benito Mussolini. He was like, that fucking jokester. I think that's fine. That's the thing. What is- was weird to me is, so that's written about in a lot of things, and they say that it was, um, they act like that's a controversial opinion. That he was speaking out against a well-known fascist. And what was really, to me, that kept coming up in the research was being like, no one knows why he left Italy. No He was knows. 13. He was 13. He, um, but that's what's so crazy. They don't know why he I'm like, well, wasn't Italy a fascist state? And why are people in the U.S. defending Mussolini is where uh, I was yeah, curious. So I guess, but he's in this Italian community, and I think that the thing to take away from it is that it was a controversial opinion. Uh, that's a takeaway. Some people were bugged out by it and angry. In 1945, this guy comes to... Uh, his house. This is earlier in the same year of the incident. Because we can. Yeah. Okay. Who do you want to play? Um, I'll play the traveling um, life insurance salesman. Okay. Hi. Hello. Hi, it's me. I'm a traveling life insurance salesman. Life insurance. Mm -hmm. You're going to need that. You? I don't think I need it at all, sir. You know, you don't know what could happen in this house. Please be on your way, good sir. No, sir, I'm not going to leave. Because here's the thing. Do you know this house? It could just go up in smoke. And your children, nah. they're going to be destroyed. Whoa, that's really aggressive, Because sir. of the dirty regard you have been making about Mussolini. Whoa, this took a turn for the ugly. Listen, I got to go. Guys, <laughs> are we hired or what? Can you believe we're both actors? <laughs> Just kidding. Carrie's a Foley artist. <laughs> um <laughs> Clip, clop, clip, clop. So basically, that was a weird interaction that happened. It doesn't sound like it was normal at all. Super weird. He goes, you, do you ever, did you ever watch that episode? Did you watch The Office, Quinn? Yeah, of course. It reminds me of the episode where they have the insurance guy, the life insurance come, guy come in, and they think he's the mafia. Mm. And he says to Michael, you know, you don't want to, you don't know what can happen to your car. Your car could have an accident one day. You don't know what's going to happen to your life. And they think it's him threatening them. But he's just trying to sell, sell life insurance. insurance. Yeah. Maybe, well. To me, what was surprising is the first part was like, this house could be destroyed. You're killed. And, but then he was like, your children will be destroyed because of the shit you're talking about, Mussolini. Weird. Very weird. And then um, another guy comes by the house looking for, you know, ostensibly looking for work and goes around the back of the house and points, like deliberately walks around the back of the house and points to his fuse boxes and is like, this is uh, this can cause a fire. And it's just a weird uh, conversation piece. Like, talk about the weather. That's really weird when you go to somebody's house to do that. And he had just had an electrician come by, and the electrician had been like, you're in great shape. It was, like, approved by the state. They came in. It was up to code. Everything was great. My feeling about this guy is that, like, either he's one of those guys that, like, pretends to know things that he doesn't. He was, like, just pulling a guy move and being yeah. like, uh, I'm going to pretend I know about electricity. Or maybe he was an even better electrician than the first guy. Did My question is, did George ever get a second opinion? Did he go on Angie's list? I need to know. 
I th- I would think that the state-sanctioned or, like, company-sanctioned mechanic is better than the guy or engineer is better than the guy that just comes to your house looking for work and be like, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, this could, this is uh, a fire hazard. Uh, this yeah. is bad. Uh, so I should uh, fix it? Beat it, mister. Oh, sorry. I'm still George in this scenario. I oh, okay, okay, fine. You're lost. Your kids' lives are in danger. Bye. God, everyone keeps saying that to me. He's wearing horseshoes for some reason. It's weird. It's Fayetteville, West Virginia. People did that in 1945. Well, the cars were around, technically. But horses were, too. And so were their shoes. Let's get to Christmas Eve. Why not? I mean, why not? We were talking about trees. Oh, deck the halls. Oh, I will say this. The other thing that happened around that. Oh, my God. Do you think we both picked this because... We're thinking of the holidays, Maybe. and it's a holiday story. It's possible. I found it on a list of things that I was looking at paranormal. I don't, you know, we're figuring out how to search things, and this came up, but I just thought the story was super interesting. Soups. Um, even though it's not very paranormal at all. No. Spoiler alert. Um, what else? What else is so early December? So this is all nineteen forty-five. Early that December, um, the older sons also noticed a strange car parked along the main highway um, through town, and it was watching the young kids coming home from school. Now so there is a local pervert. We don't know whether it's related to what we're about to say. <laughs> there is a local pervert. <laughs> well, like any town, you got your mayor, you got your commissioner, you got your local pervert. Your faux electrician. You got your faux you electrician, your, and you yep. got your local pervert. And, the and then you got your salesman. traveling life insurance. Well, he travels through towns. Now, each town Just doesn't have one. It's our town. It's our town. <laughs> it's, it's our town. <laughs> Everyone's on stage. What there's you, a George. <laughs> there's a George. Like, it happens. It's the same as our it's town. It's the same as our town. The thing this is... This one has two narrators. <laughs> Quinlan Posner. And Carrie Ippema. Game on. on gang, gang. Okay. Um, so Christmas Eve. Ooh, what a gorgeous time. So one of their kids, by the way, is at war. His name is Joe. I don't know his age, but he's at war. So that feels like every Christmas movie anyway. <laughs> Well, especially in the 40s. It's 45, baby. Mm-hmm. It's World War Ado. So one boy is at the war, and then nine of the kids are home, and the two parents are home. Yeah. What's crazy to me is they got, like, a 23-year-old at home. Uh, John. I. What's wrong with John? Why, why? is he living at home? And why isn't he... John, why isn't he serving in the war? Marion, Marion also is. Marion worked at. Marion's the oldest daughter. She worked at a dime store. So she was older than twenty. Those of you that live in present day, that's a ninety-nine cent store. Mm -hmm. Um, and she comes home from work on Christmas with some cool loot for her sibs. Can you believe? I gotta tell you, a sister coming home with some sweet gifts on Christmas Eve. Love that. Thanks, Marion. Thanks, Marion. So the other two boys, Joe and George Jr., had been working. Um, I think this house had a farm is what it sounded like. Oh, it better have because basically what happens is the kids are allowed to stay up late and play with the toys <laughs> under the condition, the mom yes. says, that uh, <laughs> you have to bring the cows in and feed the bring chickens. Bring the cows in and feed the chickens, right. So that's a part of it. But... And I think it's crazy that as a mom, you'd be like, no, it's Christmas Eve. Your sister got you these new toys. You got to go to bed early. It's a holiday. They're partying. Mm-hmm. They're hanging. No, she's a good mom. She's and, a good I mom. mean, with Koa, I'm always like, you can go to bed whenever you want. Just make sure you feed the chickens. <laughs> and bring the cows in. 
bring the cows. I'm bring not, the damn cows Don't in. leave the cows out. You know what happens when you leave the cows out overnight? <laughs> so, by the way, the only kids that stayed up with Marion were Maurice, who's 14, Martha, who was 12, Louis or Louis, who was 9, Jenny, who was 8, and Betty, who is 5. So, Sylvia, who's 2 years old goes upstairs with mom, um, and then the two other boys, Joe and George, no, Joe's at work, John and George Jr., had done work that day on the farm and were tired, so they went to bed. So the, both parents, the youngest and the two oldest boys, mm-hmm. um, went to bed. And the mom mm-hmm. goes to yeah. bed, so Sorry, obviously. And then at, um, so she's upstairs. Everyone kind of has sleeping quarters on the top couple floors. She hears the phone ring at 1230 that's in the a.m., folks. That's a rude time to call people, especially on a holiday. And she has to go all the way down. They don't She's have like, handheld better phone. better be Santa. This and better be downstairs. Santa. And she goes upstairs. She reacted out again? Yeah. I'm uh, her. You're her? Okay. Hello? Um, hello? Wait, you're Jenny or am I Jenny? I'm Jenny. Oh, okay. Oh, you were being tired? Okay, yeah, hold I get on. It. I got it. Oh. Hello? I'm going to scoot it. <laughs> clink, clink, laughter. <laughs> Hi, is this uh-huh, a name that you don't you don't recognize? Why no? There's no one here by that name. Well, <laughs> click. Whoa, that was extra creep. <laughs> That's what happened to her, though. This woman called her. She could hear clinking and party talk in the background, and the woman asked for a name she never heard, and. Jenny was creeped because she had, like, a weird laugh. Uh, it just sounds honestly like somebody's drunk at a party and does call the wrong, wrong number. number but, but I feel like also at this time, calling people probably cost a million dollars in today's money. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, you know, you don't – to randomly call someone, you also have to go through an operator. Someone was drunk on the job is what I'm saying. What she notices, though, other than going down and having this weird experience, is that the drapes downstairs are open and the lights are on. So she's mm-hmm. kind of like, that's weird because my kids all are, uh, aside from being excellent farmhands, they – That's why she had 10 kids. It's making sense to me yeah, now. Yeah, starting to um, – But they also, they knew how to, like, leave the house at night. And they, it wouldn't have been the first time that they stayed up later than her. And everyone knew you got to close those drapes. Lock the door. The door was unlocked. Yeah. Everything was all fucking left like nothing. So Marion, who was the oldest girl who bought the gifts, she's sleeping on the couch. The five kids aged between age five and 14 Mom assumes just put themselves to bed, right? Marion like happened to fall asleep on the yeah, couch. Yeah, they slept had too up much like in the attic. Uh, they had like s- several bedrooms up there, so she's like, they're probably just in bed. I'm gonna go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. She goes back to sleep, wakes up thirty minutes later. This oh. poor woman's night of sleep at one. Yeah, and all of a sudden she hears a bang on the roof and something rolling off the roof. And she says to herself, Santa. Is that you? Is it your reindeer? Maybe Santa slipped. Maybe I'm going to go back to sleep again. Yeah, again. And then 30 minutes later, it's and clockwork, I, yeah. folks. I thought it was an hour. Is it one? Oh, I think it's one thirty. Oh, I thought you were a bit two. We got well, different, oh, wait, different stories. Uh, I guess we got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I give up. So she gets up and she smells smoke. And her husband's office where the fuse boxes were and the telephone lines were is on fire, folks. On fuego. It's on fuego. Smoke is happening. So she wakes up her husband and her two older sons, and she grabs Sylvia, and they escape. So And Marion, who was on the couch. So as they leave the house, Marion, 
or mom had Sylvia, dad, Marion, John, George Jr. They're out of the house. But as they leave, John, and this is where it gets a little bit hazy based on. It gets dicey because his story changed a couple times. But it's, it, they're not suspiciously. I feel not like suspiciously. I'm no one thinks John did anything fucked up. What he did say is like at one point he's like, yeah, I went up to get my went siblings. Went up to get my siblings and tried to wake them. Mm-hmm. But then later he's like, well, I didn't really go up. Like the stairway was on fire. I just yelled up. And then I left. Um, that also sounds more callous. I think he screamed like, hey, there's a fire. And then he left. He wasn't like, like a, hope you guys are up. <laughs> and then walked away. <laughs> well, I think that might have been why he lied. Because it's like the idea that no one went to go went to see them yeah. is dark. But it's also, it does sound like the stairway was legit on fire. So nobody could get up there. Yeah. And, and well, and here's the deal. They get outside and they're sort of like, how are we going to get our kids who are all up in this attic? And the dad's like, well, we keep a ladder outside against the house that we can go up to an external window. He goes to climb that ladder and it's just it's fucking gone. gone. It's gone. So that's pretty bizarre. That's crazy. They try to, they go to their neighbor's house and they're like, call the police. And the phone lines are dead. And then another neighbor couldn't call the operator the operator couldn't connect right and their resources since it was 45 their resources were super limited because of the war yeah so even when they finally called the fire department by the way this fire started at 130 or two smoke was happening uh-huh by the time the police like the fire department showed up it was 8 a.m 8 a.m and they said the house fell down weird, in like 45 the fire minutes department was two miles from them yeah they had a, they had like a phone tree. You could have practically run to the fire department and gotten the fire truck yourself, and then driven it back in much shorter time than that. So that is so, bizarre to but me. But what's crazy is while they're waiting for calling the fire department and all this stuff is happening, they're trying desperately to get at their kids. Oh wait, so, before you tell this, let me yeah. just say one more thing about the fire department, which is that I also read in something, um, the things that I read were all that's interesting Smithsonian and Wikipedia. Same. And (laughs) ditto, ditto, ditto. Um, One thing that I thought was bizarre is that when the neighbor couldn't make the phone work, he drove into town, found the fire chief, um, who initiated what they said was um, that town's version of a fire alarm, which was a phone tree. Yeah. Yeah. So one firefighter would phone another, would phone another, would phone another. And I'm like, ooh, you guys got to get a better system. Better I know system. it's the 40s, but it was, pick up the pace. It was so so while they're calling the fire department and all that stuff, they're they're trying desperately to get at their kids. So as Quinn said, the ladder had disappeared. Um, he Spider Man's that he's wall. Spider-Man. He's barefoot, climbs, scales that wall, and he punches the glass. And I got to tell you, as a parent, you would do the same thing. 100. He's bleeding everywhere. He's folks. bleeding everywhere. His skin, like his skin. Torn Plays. off of the bone. Disgusting. And he can't find his kids. His kids aren't in the room. I don't think he gets all the way in. I think it's on fire enough at that point that he can't see through the smoke to actually lay eyes on anything. Mm-hmm. So not clear. He does not see his kids. He's yelling. He doesn't hear yelling back. Yeah. So then they try to bring the trucks. They have two trucks. He has a trucking company. The trucks that worked well that morning... Don't work. They can't start it. The two boys can't start it. Um, then they did have a barrel of water to use in case of fire, and it was completely frozen. 
So everything was I'm gonna just... I'm going to go ahead and say that given the nature of this fire, that barrel would have done jack shit jack regardless. Shit. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. You're right also wrong. Like, but how, it's still how like... How close was the barrel to the house? Shouldn't it have... Look, I'm no Bill Nye the science guy over here, but <laughs> shouldn't have that water melted? <laughs> the heat. But another thing that's pretty noteworthy about this fire is while the fire was happening, they had Christmas lights in their front and the Christmas lights were on. So... You, you folks, something to know about that is that they're going to try to say this was an electrical situation, mm-hmm. and that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because then the lights would have gone out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. <clears throat> let's get to the suspicious stuff. I love that. I mean, so, I guess we already did, but let's really dive in. Okay. So the family is in complete devastation as would any of us because they see their house fall they have five siblings they believe to be in the house and they're gone and so of course they believe their siblings are in this building right that they died so what happened was is the fire department just took a long time to like kind of investigate it sounds like Mm -hmm. but once they started investigating they couldn't find bones of any of the remaining children in this house. Correct. They um, just completely disappeared. But then there's this one firefighter that's like, you know, I actually did find bones and organs, but I didn't want to tell the parents because I didn't want to hurt their feelings. And I'm like, okay, A. You tell the parents that. Be profesh. What's wrong with you? And it was a that's rumor. Your job. And it was a rumor. It wasn't even like substantiated by anything until later on. Well, and I'm like. You should tell them so they can let it go. fucking closure. Yeah. And so they waited four days. And so the fire marshal was like, listen, George Sr., don't touch this place. Like, it has to be kept prime. George. And he was so upset that he took his bulldozing company or whatever, and he put dirt over it to start the memorial garden that would be this place now after the home burned which when I read that, I felt really suspicious. I was like, why are you... Why are you burying... Why are you burying it? Don't you want to find... But it was the next day that the coroner had his inquest and he had... he had They had delivered five death certificates for the five children that said suffocation or burning, mm-hmm. right? So that was... These five children already were announced He felt like dead. it had been ruled, yeah. It had been ruled. Um, they rule that the fire, as we just said, was due to... Faulty wiring, but something to know about that is that on the fucking jury that determined this is that creepy life insurance guy. That guy that was like, your house is going to burn and your friends and your children will be destroyed. That guy was on the jury and helped make that decision that it was an electrical fire. Uh, Definitely not an impartial jury is what we're getting at there. That feels not professional. Speaking of not profesh, Mm -hmm. it's that. Yeah. It's that. Then the ladder that we mentioned that was missing... The ladder was found 75 feet away in an embankment. Like it was removed. And the t- lines that they said had like the fucking. The fire had burned the telephone lines? Yeah, false. Nope. They had been cut. Cut. What's crazy about them being cut is that they were like 14 feet up in the air and two feet away from what you would climb. So whoever wanted to cut those lines, it was not a casual It was not a decision casual affair. Absolutely not. To do so. Um, they also saw a neighbor 
man or the, no, the neighbor saw a man. I don't know if he was a neighbor man. To be fair, I don't know where that guy lived. There was this not a lot of information was, on this him. This was the most confusing part that I read. He was a guy that was into he bait and tackle, block and tackle. Block and tackle. I don't what know is what a block that is, and tackle? but I think it could have been used to fuck with the cars. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Um, and he admitted to the theft. And he also said that he was the one that cut the phone line, thinking it was a power line. But he said he didn't have anything to do with the fire. But this is what's weird is the mother, Jenny Satter, said in 68, so years after this, she said if he had cut the power line, then her and her husband and their four children would never have been able to make it out of the house. I didn't get that. I didn't get that either. I was like, why? Do you have, like, weird electric doors? Do they, like, electric s- do they doors? sign it out? Like, do they, like, shimmy down it or did something? Did they have electric doors? They were rich. <laughs> they had an electric stove. Thank you. I didn't get that, so I didn't I didn't get it. that either. So the other thing was is just the idea that all the bodies disappeared like that, right? So what was so sad about this was the mother, Jenny, she became obsessed with this fact, and, and she, she starts Bill Nye and the science guy and the fuck out of she it. She starts she's going at home for burning it. Whatever, chicken bones. She's burning chicken bones, like pork. She's getting any bone and she's burning it and she's keeping a little scholarly journal that's like, today, burn chicken. Charred bone, but still around. And so, because basically she spoke to a guy who worked at a local crematorium and he said that it would have to be 2,000 degree Fahrenheit for two hours. Um, which is way doesn't rival what this fire was, which is longer and hotter than the house could have been. Um, so that was suspicious. The trucks that didn't start, that was highly suspicious. Although I did read that it was p- possible that the boys, when they were stressing and trying to start it, they might have flooded the engine. So that could have just been like a user f- error. However, that coupled with the ladder missing, the phone line being cut. I know the guy admitted to it, but still, there's just something that doesn't there's feel so right. There's so many weirdnesses. Yeah. I think the ladder is the biggest one for me. It really feels like someone moved that. And actually, one of the biggest ones for me is, like, everything being left on. The lights. The lights. Like it just feels like. And the door unlocked. No one really knows what happened, but there's, like, this feeling did somebody go in that house and the kids were downstairs playing and lure them out of the house before this fire happened where they weren't in the attic at all and they're alive? Or maybe they're not alive. Maybe they kidnapped them and they're dead a different way. But um, yeah, it just – there's so many unanswered questions. It's so – in reading it, it was so sad to read how the parents – handled this of course they never let they it go never they did let like billboards in the town they did uh ads in the newspaper forever ever George ever senior followed every single lead so we'll get to that so in 1946 a year after there was the memorial garden that he had started building so no the house is never rebuilt they built a memorial garden to the five children um and their mother tended to that garden her entire life that was how she spent her time, if not looking for her children, tending this garden. Um, There was a bus driver at the time who was driving around, and he apparently, at the time of the fire, he saw fireballs being thrown. That's what I thought was fireballs. Yeah. Do you just picture Mario with the firepower? No, I I, I picture Game of Thrones, like a catapult Game of Thrones is what I picture. Not that profound. I picture literally Mario there. Throwing fireballs. Pew, pew. And then he gets pew, the feather pew, pew. and he gets fly power. I love that. 
I just have, I have a Game Boy Advance. It's the best. I should have brought that for you, Sarah, to play. So when I heard the great balls of fire, it made sense as that was what Jenny heard as the bang on the roof and rolling off or something. Like, if it was not electrical, if it was arson, if someone started it. Well, then she found, it. like, didn't she find a green rubbery thing that looked like a grenade? Yeah. Or not a grenade, but something. Some, like a pineapple thing. I don't though. know what that is. A pineapple. Probably a grenade because it looks like it has that sort of, like, scaly bottom, I think. Oh, so fucking grenade. A grenade. You're right. Don't throw a grenade at somebody's house. Don't do it. Don't do it. So the family is obviously freaking the fuck out because um, they are convinced that their children are still alive. Um, they hired a private investigator. He's the one who put together that the guy who made the threat of the life insurance was on the jury. So he informed the family of that. And despite the report that there were no remains that had been found, he heard that this guy, the head of the fire department, mm-hmm. the marshal, chief, whatever, chief that, whatever, whatever um, Morris, that he found an organ. He found a heart. Oh, yeah. And which he packed into a metal box and he secretly buried it. That is a really weird thing to do. It's a very weird thing to do. And it gets weirder. He then confesses this to a minister. Okay. So he finds this heart, buries it, confesses it to a minister. The minister then corroborates his story and is like, you know what? Yeah. Morris over here, he said he found a heart and he buried it. And so... George and Jenny are like, okay, we got to find this. We got to get our, like, we need to know. Where did you bury it? He points to the ground. They dig it up. They take this organ and they bring it to a funeral director to run basically an autopsy on this, right? Because I'm sure they want to figure out which child or what, you know, just what it is. Mm -hmm. And after all this stress, right, you think you have the remains of one of your children who's been who you think has been alive, like the amount of emotional stress this must have put you under. The funeral director tells them it's a beef liver. And it has no... No burn marks. Yeah, it was never in a fire. Morris admitted that it didn't come from the fire originally, that he did it hopefully to satisfy the family that the children were dead. So... This Morris, I, what do you have to gain Morris from that? Morris was such a dick you about it. You hate the billboards? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It felt like – it does feel like three billboards in every bizarre. <laughs> he's, he's like, enough. He's like – because the family – in the 1950s, the family erected a billboard that has pictures of all five children on it. And it's offering rewards and it has all this information about it. And it tells the whole thing. Our children went up and smoked. They're missing. They're kidnapped. Um, they say they're dead. They're not. We don't believe them to be. And it was there. They erected it. I want to say, when did they do it? In 19, well, no, I think in 1950s, was it? I whatever. Think, whatever. Um, so then they become, the parents become hyper-obsessed with finding their children everywhere. The story to me that was so scary was George looked at a magazine and he saw a young girl in a ballet uniform that looked like Betty the five-year-old and he freaked out he got in his car and he went to New York and he wouldn't leave until they showed him Betty and they were like I'm sorry that's not your child you're not going to see this child and I don't know if you go if you have to pick up a kid in New York that's not yours it's really challenging New York has got a lock on like no amber alerts here um so then they tried to get the FBI to investigate it as a kidnapping the FBI was kind of like Sure. We'll consider they it. They were like, do, do the police want our help? And the police were like, no. 
which I thought was weird, too. I didn't realize that was the power st- structure. That what? But basically, the FBI uh, wrote, here's what J. Edgar Hoover wrote. Although I would like to be of service, the matter related appears to be of local character and does not come within the investigative jurisdiction of the Bureau. And then it says the FBI agent said they'd be happy to assist if the local authorities gave them the go-ahead, and the police said no. Yeah. Um. So it's okay to ask for help. It's please. okay to ask. It's for okay help. to ask for help. I'm teaching call with that. I'm oh, going to say that to you too, lesson. please. Um. So in 1949, August, George persuaded a pathologist to come in and search the dirt. He wanted to give it another go. Mm-hmm. Right. So they find small bone fragments in the dirt um, that look like they're human vertebrae, right? So they go and they do some testing on it, and they find that the vertebrae are probably are most likely from someone who was 16 or 17 years old, which is peculiar because the oldest child who died or, you know, is missing is 14 years old. So they find that information out. They say, you know, it's possible he's a boy. He could have matured. Like, you know, it maybe he was more mature than we realize. He could have, you know, two years is not, you know, it's within that sort of error. Um, So then they go and they test it. And that has never touched flame. That has never been burned. So it's just a bone fragment. So they do some more testing, and they found that it probably came from the dirt that George came over to put on top of Creepy. the um, house, which I thought was so weird that there was a bone. And then they found out that it was connected to a cemetery nearby, and they don't know how it got out of the casket and into the dirt. But that's so, – so they were going on all these, like, crazy, like, little – Oh, potential, like this could be it. Like we have a heart and that's a beef liver. We have actual human bones. Oh, there's no burning on them and they're connected the, to a cemetery the nearby. The idea that that heart, the beef liver got planted makes me feel the like there it. were a lot of people in town that wanted them to drop it. And it makes me feel like the vertebrae is not an accident. Somebody oh, really? took it from the cemetery deliberately Oh, interesting. And put it in the dirt that George put there to be like, see, there is bone. Like, if you were reading about all the hubbub, and it was pretty public at that point that the family was like, no bones were found. We're freaking out. All right, I'll go to the cemetery and get some bones and put it there so that they'll stop this. But also, like, what a nightmare. To what end, I'm not sure. It makes it look like somebody had something to gain from the family dropping it. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing is just so weird. And the fact... I, I, that didn't cross my mind personally, but I, I wouldn't discount it. You know, yeah. I wouldn't, it's not, you know, so then, um, so this was also, so George, again, they're just like grasping at straws. One of the weirder ones, if these other stories were not weird enough, George, at one point, his sister-in-law, so his wife's sister in Florida had kids and he thought, holy shit, these are my kids. They look just like my children. And so he had to force her to prove that these were her children. And that's when he finally let it go. He, the, these parents were just going crazy. They were desperate for they it were not desperate to be so. For anything, any information. Um, 
So in the 19 – so we had talked about that they had a um, – in the 1950s, they put up this billboard um, with the five pictures. It's it's on State Route 16, um, and they offered an award with information about the kids. And then, again, more weird things. A guy got drunk in St. Louis and was like, I'm Lewis. It's me. I'm Lewis Sodder. Um and they sent a PI to investigate him. I think it was in St. Louis. And mm-hmm. then they never heard back from the PI. PI just like dropped. Okay. And then in 1960s, what? I just knew that they did end up talking to that guy and he just denied it. They thought that they had found him and Maurice, I think. Yeah. And they were like, it's them, Maurice. it's the brothers. And then they talked to them and they were like, nope, it's not us. But honestly, who the fuck knows? That sounds like it could be some like Elizabeth. Uh, what's her name? Shit. It feels like Anastasia. To me, reading this, it feels Elizabeth like Anastasia. Mm-hmm. What's her name that got kidnapped? Elizabeth. Elizabeth Smart. Smart. Elizabeth Smart. Where looks like you could like ask somebody if it was them, and they would say no, even though it was mm-hmm. because they'd been brainwashed or were in danger. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um. Also, in 1960s, they got a letter. Um. And in that letter was a picture of what they think is Maurice? No, Lewis. Lewis. Okay, they think it's Lewis. The same guy. Lewis. Yeah, it says on the back of the picture, Lewis Sauter, I love brother Frankie. Ill, ill boys. Ill, Ill like I-L-I-L boys. And then it has A, nine zero one three two or 3 5. I don't know if it says 9 2 or 3 5. Three, two, or three, five. I didn't even write that or down because I feel the like the two or I the didn't... five was like you couldn't tell. Oh, because you think it's like a cipher a little bit. It's or like is it a zip code? Well, the it's Frankie, nine. the Isn't Frankie like part really, the Frankie part like was confusing code. to me because they out of all of their twenty million siblings, no one's named Frankie. Mm-hmm. And but so what they like did a... is they took this photo and they the parents hung this photo above their fireplace. And then they also put this on the billboard as well. So they got this photo and they started pushing it out and asking for this person to come forward. Spoiler alert, they never did. So George Sr., 1969. I looked up that zip code. Do you want to know where it goes? Where? Italy. Do you think we should go? I think we have to go to Italy. We can go to Spain, too. I know you want to go there. I do love Spain. I do love Italy. Okay. I just like Spain because I speak a little Spanish, so it's easier to communicate. Whatever. Let's go get gelato. (gasps) I love that. I'm so excited. Let's go. People do say that somebody could have taken the kids back to To Italy. Italy. We haven't even gotten to the theories, and those are really interesting. So um, George died 1969. Um, Jenny and the surviving children all continued to search for the children, um, the only person that stopped searching was John. John, the one whose oh, story kind of changed. John, the 23-year-old man-child. John, who was like, yeah, I, I woke him up. Okay, I yelled at them. Okay, I just ran out. I He, though, he's convinced they died and that his family needs to move on. And mm-hmm. I actually do think that he has a point. Well, they died. Everyone's dead now. They didn't drop it. Spoiler alert. They didn't drop it at all. That mom wore, Jenny wore black till she died. Till she died. In 1989, and it was only in 1989 that um, they took the billboard down finally. Mm -hmm. Sylvia is the only remaining sibling who's still around. And she, um, she promised her mother 
to keep awareness about the children. And so her, her daughter, so the granddaughter of Jenny is also like supporting her mother in this endeavor, which is crazy. So the theory that was float or floated around is that they were attacked by the Sicilian mafia. Oh, that seems like a really weird way to – I don't know the Sicilian mafia. What can I tell you? Uh, I mean, listen, I'm thinking Godfather. I'm thinking things – people will do crazy shit. The theory to me that I actually did like – I mean like is not the word, but the thing that felt like sort of plausible is that it was arson, which Jenny believes – that Jenny and George had believed it was arson, that they were attacked, that it was not an electrical uh, – not an electrical fire – um, and someone knew about the arson. Someone knew that it was going to happen. And they went in and they found these, like maybe Marianne was sleeping and they found these five kids and they said, hey, come with me. If mm-hmm. you want, come with me if you want to live. Whoa. And they took them and then they brought them to Italy. Well, I hope that's what happened. I mean, I hope, of course. But the other thing is, is it was, they're 14 to five. The 14 year old has some awareness and probably... If they were alive, it feels like they would have gotten in touch with their parents before their parents passed, yeah, right? that there was no information coming, which is crazy. But again, the Sicilian mafia was retaliating based on George's outspoken criticism of the fascist leader Benito Mussolini, which is so crazy to me. But these kids just disappeared, and they still have not found any fragments or anything, and also in the fire, we didn't mention this, but Jenny was really stuck on this idea that she had kitchen appliances that hadn't burned, you know? So and why was there no So why was there bones? no remnants of the children? And a lot of people said there should have been. There should have been skeletons. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about fire to weigh in on that, but... 2,000 degrees. I think they said, like, it's possible because the fire department didn't get there until so much longer after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the idea that there's five children and not one remnant of their body. They didn't find a tooth. They didn't find yeah. anything. Feels really and they and Jenny, this is dark. Jenny even said we didn't smell burning flesh or anything. Mm. So sad. That's horrible. It's really awful. So it's what sounds, a cheery story. I'm so glad we both chose to do this Christmas miracle. And that's life for me. Did I research anything else? I did. I, I could do like a shorty. Do a shorty. You want me to do a shorty? Uh, I'm just going to grab the notes that I haphazardly took before uh, choosing to do the Sodder Kids. I was going to do a different Sad Kids story, which is the disappearance of Sky Elijah Matalwala. I'm so sorry for how I'm saying that name. I'm sure of one thing, and that is that it's incorrect. Um, Sky is a widow baby and boy. He was a cutie patootskis. I think he was two when he went missing on the a morning of November 6, 2011. So pretty recent. Um, it happened in Redmond, Washington. What happened was his mom, uh, Julia Buryakova, says that he was sick that morning. So she puts him and his big sis, who is like four, uh-huh. um, puts them in her car. And she's going to go take him to the hospital or the doctor and... Uh, and they run out of gas. So she pulls the car off to the side of the road. This is a weird choice. Takes the daughter and what? walks to a Chevron gas station about a mile up the road. 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And Wait she a minute. Leaves the two year old in a car. Why am I picturing it's winter? Because you said November, right? Yeah, it's chilly. She leaves her two year old in the car. In the car. And uh goes to Chevron and uh instead of buying gas there or like asking someone to bring her back to her kid, she get, uses the phone at the gas station to call a friend and give her a ride back to her car. So, like, it, that's weird, too, because you're like, are you just going on a walk for your health? I'm so... Are, that's Do you feel confused? So, so because confused. it's very confusing. What... Let me give you a little background on the uh, fam in general. Uh, so, Sky was born in 2009, so he was two when he disappeared. Um, and uh, when she was pregnant, Julia... We're going to call her Julia because Buria Kova is too hard. Juju got prescribed antidepressants when she was pregnant, but she says she doesn't need them. I'll let you be the judge of that. Her and her husband, Solomon, were having a lot of problems with their properties. They were foreclosing. It was uh, They had issues paying their bills. What I kind of read about is that Solomon is like, my wife has pretty serious OCD, and it's a major issue. She wants to keep the condo crazy clean. She would make him, like, eat outside. Sky? No. Um, her husband. Her husband. She would make him eat outside. Okay. And okay. I think she made him sleep on the floor, which is strange. Like, you're going to let him sleep on the floor and not the bed. That's to keep the bed clean, I assume. Neighbors would complain that she would vacuum at, like, 11 at night she just she she had OCD and I also got on Reddit at one point and was reading like a firsthand account of somebody that supposedly was her neighbor and talked about how they would watch her clean like they would be like they like would joke about it and be like that's the neighbor that's always cleaning and they would watch her through the window just like cleaning 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 obsessively so something's not right something's right. not yeah um, but she also alleged that Solomon was really controlling and, like, a shitty husband. So, mm-hmm. and they ended up having some, you know, they divorced and they have a lot of it shit between like, them. Yeah, so, it sounds like they had a lot of shit with them when they were together. Well, and when they were together, like, I think we're, like, jaw-dropped at the idea that you would run out of gas and leave your kid in the car. But just yes. so you know, as far-fetched as that seems... Um, when he when Sky was two months old, they left him in a Target parking lot in the car for like an hour when they went in to shop. And when they got busted for that, they got like arrested for uh, whatever child endangerment or reckless endangerment. And they're like, no, 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 no. We just didn't want to wake our kid. And we were only gone 20 minutes. But they had fucking cameras so they were like uh no you were legit gone for an hour not only that but it was fucking 27 degrees so that's not comfortable for anyone that's not great parenting and that's both of them are there making that decision uh after that happened they were like made to take classes yeah parenting classes i don't think they learned a lot though bananas and then she does it again she leaves the well so that's 2009 in 2010 he's still a baby and she's committed to a mental hospital um and that was after telling solomon that she had dreamed of killing the children and she was diagnosed with severe ocd but they still were like ah we still don't think you're, like, unfit to parent. So keep doing that. 
But Solomon's like, I pretty much want a divorce. And then she gets committed again because after they separate, she texts him, say, she texts Solomon saying that she's having suicidal thoughts. So she gets committed again, but then she's like, oh, I was just totally doing that for attention. I, I suppose the issue is she was three times committed and then a fourth time Solomon and his brother took her to University of Washington Medical Center and she checked in voluntarily. So she's in and out of what I'm trying to tell you is she's in and out of mental institutions, this mm-hmm. woman, since her kid was born. Um, she's sick. It sounds like she's sick. Well, and then she's losing her home and she's losing money and she's going through this custody battle yeah. with Solomon, which is a nightmare. She wants custody of both children and um, she refuses to let him have visitation rights and they're pressing the issue in court. Um, she basically at one point is like, look, I won't take any money from you if I can just go to Arizona and you'll fuck off. And eventually I think what happens is Solomon and her sign an agreement that she'll have full custody of both children. Oh, gosh. But he'll have full visitation rights. But right after they both sign it, Julia calls her lawyer, and she's like, I actually felt pressured into that, and I want to avoid it. So she's kind of like willy-nilly on the whole thing. I just like not great decisions are happening both on like their level as a couple, his mm-hmm. level, her level, and a, on this like – and nobody's like, nobody's intervening. Of the year. Nobody's getting a mug that says number one mom or know, dad in this I'm, story. But I'm also like the whole, like, why isn't the state stepping in? Why isn't there, you know. Oh, they're stepping in left and right because they're being asked to step in. But they're doing the bare min and they keep being like, you seem fine as parents. Poor kids. Um, so obviously when this crazy incident happens. Mm-hmm. The police get called what was Sky disappearing, I mean. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of quickly doubting her account of what happened for a number of very, very excellent reasons. The first of which being there was fucking gas in the car and it started fine and it ran fine. What? So that's bananas. What you should know is that they're they're looking into what happened. Mm-hmm. They're... They comb to 20-block radius of the car. They find nothing. But they don't want to charge her with child endangerment for leaving her son in the car. And the reason why is if they did that, if they introduced a legal proceeding against her that way, she would then have access to stuff that they're recording about the case. And they're not ready for her to have access to that because I think they're trying to build a case against her and they don't Mm. want her to have, like, one over on them. Basically, they don't want her lawyer up. Um, you want to be in the there's dark things like she didn't herself? stop at anybody's house, and there were houses along the way. So you'd think if you left your kid, your two-year-old, alone in the car. Also, she didn't leave the house with her wallet or her purse or her phone. So that was really weird because it was like your story is that your kid was sick and you were taking them to the doctor. Why'd you leave all that shit at home? That's super weird, right? Who leaves their phone weird. at it's home? It's just it's these all a lie, right? Like there's no way. Because you assume her if she had the is... phone, she could have like called somebody. Yeah, there's no from way this is car. her story. This is no way this is the truth. Her when story. she was questioned about it, she took the fucking fifth and refused to take a lie detector test. But she did give investigators permission to search all her shit, like her car, her computer, her house. They don't find anything. I mean, what they find in her computer is basically uh, that she was on Facebook and she posts a lot of pictures of her daughter, who's four, and not a lot of her son. So that's kind of weird, but we all have a favorite child. I say that as a mother of one, so I can say that. (laughs) 
She also posted a profile of like a month ago on seekingarrangements.com that was a dating website for women like that are looking for sugar daddies. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I just want this much money. I want to be like financially stable. So she was looking for. She's looking for other work. Yes. Thank you. Some supplemental income. There are eyewitnesses to this that say that they drove by the car and didn't see anybody in it. So there's a lot of people that are like... Sky was never in the car. Sky was never in the car to begin with. The little girl, the four-year-old, says he was. But that, to me, is very suspect because I think that you you can be told something over and over again by your parents and it can turn into a formed memory. The truth, They've yeah. done weird studies on memory yeah. even in adults. And if you hear a story a certain number of times, it just... It turns into what you think is a memory, even though it's invented. The most, I'm just going to tell you the craziest thing. The night before this happened, there was a rerun of a Law & Order Special Victims Unit episode. So it had already aired. It was a rerun the night before. Oh, Um, God. Is this show about to turn... Oh, no. And the episode was titled, if anyone wants to watch, I haven't watched the episode. I love that show. I love that show. I'm off the cuff here. But the episode was titled Missing Pieces. And in it, there's a young couple that tells people that their baby son was abducted when their parked car was stolen. And it is later uh, revealed that they buried the little boy because they accidentally killed him. And they made up the abduction to cover that. So the episode was first broadcast two weeks prior, re-aired the night before this goes down, and Solomon, the husband, told People magazine, reputable source, that that was his wife's favorite show. We knew no Solomon's not a huge Julia fan, so maybe he was just trying to extra throw her under the bus. I want to be bus. very clear. There's a lot of people but who that's love That's everybody's favorite SV. show also. Yeah, there's a lot of people love, and there are people that will not do this shit. There are a lot of people that love SVU and don't do copycats. And don't do copycats. Meow. Um, and they've not, have they not found him? No, he's probably with those solder kids in Italy. Living has, it up has eating his gelato. mother been arrested? I'm just kidding. I'm I actually think his mother killed him, and it's horrible. But... No, she's not in jail for this. Because they can't find the... Oh. There's no body and there's no proof. She just, like, got in the car and says this happened. Was she, and did, was like, she like, crying when she was like, he's gone? Like, what? I don't know. I don't know. I, she, that, I mean, she's been super fishy all along with taking the fifth. Fishy. And Sorry, but if you want somebody to find your kid, you're not trying to take the fifth. Like... You're not all about protecting you. You're just, let's find my fucking kid. I will tell you anything. It's Liam Neeson take and style, and I'm going to do anything I can to get that fucking child back. Exact. I also feel like when I ask how she reacted, I think that's an unfair question because I think people handle those situations differently, and it's not always good to judge people on how they react. But this person, I mean, it sounds like this person, this woman, is unwell. It's weird, though. Look at these. So what's weird about these? That's him. He's the cutest baby right there. The pictures next to him here and here are the two different drawings of what he would look like now. How different are they? Isn't that weird? Like that's one, that green background. So this is like maybe he looks like this guy. Or does he look like this guy? Super different looking ideas, right? I just think that's interesting too where they're like, let's just be honest. We We got got a shitty app. 
and we don't really know how it works, and we're guessing. We use an Instagram app, and we gave him wrinkles. As he's a two-year-old <laughs> he's with a wrinkles. Two-year-old, he's very wrinkly. And so we think this is what he looks like now. They don't have a timeline. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Let's not get mad. Let's get even. Julia, we're coming we're for coming you. We're coming for you. It's on. It's That's a warning. warning. It's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. That's a thing I heard somebody say on a dating show. I've heard, I've heard that elsewhere. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's on like I Donkey thought this cool guy on this weird dating show what made it up. What dating show was it? It was the one that has, it's old, it's outdated. Is it's, it next? It wasn't speed my dating. My question, that's a very hopeless romantic question, is. Who found love on it? Did anybody ever start a date and never say next? And be like, sure. right away, I know, it's you. I'm sure. I'm sure that happened. Let's uh, make a next for you. <laughs> I'm going to make a next for you. <gasps> oh, my gosh. The problem is I don't know enough people, so you're going to know a lot of the people in it. Wait, that would be so And some fun. are going to be women because I just don't have enough people Here's that are going to show dream. up to this. Here's my dream scenario as a single woman. All my friends pick out all of their th- men that they think – that I'd like. And I don't... They have to be single? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just asking. I think so. I'm okay, thinking okay. of single. I don't know if you remember at the beginning of this podcast. Can't cheat. Can't oh, do Oh, right, it. right. You know what I do? I was on the dating apps for a minute a while ago, and... I just started doing things that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was actually fun in a way but it got it yielded zero results Mm. so I have this picture it's my favorite story I had this picture of like me on skates or something on my dating profile because I bought some vintage skates and they're really cool and somebody wrote sweet skates and I wrote back thanks I found them at a thrift store in Illinois I haven't worn them since the accident (laughs) And that was it. And then he never responded. I would fall in love with you and marry you if I were that person. That is my I favorite thing. I since the accident. You, I mean, that's... There was one guy that's who That's a had, true piece of beauty. <laughs> there was one guy who had a picture of him and a kid. And I think he made a joke about it not being his kid or it being his kid, whatever it was. And so I had to reply first. And so I wrote... Hey, do you need a babysitter for Bumble dates? And he was like, "What?" I said, "He was not my kid." I go, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Could you give me a five star review on Yelp? I'd really appreciate it." <laughs> there was a guy. Why are you not just getting <laughs> men left and right throwing themselves at you? To me, it was like if I made if it made me laugh, I sent it, and I wanted to go like right to quickie rapport. You know, like, hey, let's have fun. Let's have a fun conversation. Did not go well. Did not go well. Online dating. It's the worst. It's really hard because also it's just that thing of like, I feel like I come off shitty in phone calls. I feel like I should come off shittier in emails and shittiest via like text Text message. Well, here's my, here's my actual, here's an idea. I feel like I should give you, I should sign up for a Bumble or something on your phone or a friend's phone I trust and they set up dates for me. Should I say that? Should I be like, I'm this actually just the secretary or would I be you? Yeah, I think you'd be secretary. I think you go, this is my friend, Carrie. Do you want to date Do her? Do you want to date her? I decide and I ask the questions so I can be as aggressive as I want with the questions. Yeah. 
I that actually be like, is a really fun idea. Yeah, because that's what you do when you get to date four and you like somebody. You're like, do you like meet my friends? And then your friends like awkwardly like try to figure out the truth of who that person is and judge them. Why not just do that first? And the thing is, is because whenever I had dating apps, I would give them to my friends who were in long-term relationships or married because they missed the whole dating app thing. So they found it really fun to swipe left and right. Because it's fun if you don't have anything invested in it. But when you want to date someone, you become shallow. It feels very shallow. So I don't love that. Ugh. But how else do you meet people? You have to become an alcoholic. I was at a bar last night, and yep. I see. Yeah, there you, you do. And I was at a bar last night, and these we I had nice conversations, but I wasn't like you here. Uh huh. No. I yeah. I I'm actually feeling like I'm we're onto something. If I were to make a bumble on yours, like, do it. I would fucking on your love phone. to control a bumble account. I'm on it. The only thing you might get mad at is how full your calendar is about to get. With hot dates. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Dear readers, who else is going through a breakup? Raise your hand. Call in. Call oh, in. Oh, we don't have that feature yet. We, we will. It, we'll have it. Wait we'll have the next app yeah. to drop. Um, can we go make carbonara? I'm hungry. I'm going to make a lot of pasta, and we're going to read Olivia. Um, guys, like us. Follow us. Subscribe. If you tell your friends. Tell your friends. If tell you don't friends. like us, tell your enemies. Yeah, Get do, us. Yeah. Whatever you there. want. We're not going to tell you what to do. We do the research. Sometimes. We do it. This, I can't believe we do the same Occasionally we do one. the research. And sometimes we do. Sometimes we wing it. I but feel like. you well, do the listening, the reviewing, and the fucking referrals. Get on it. <laughs> we should have a referral bonus. And we have a referral <laughs> bonus. We have incentives. So really, get on it. Dear readers, thanks for joining us. We love you. We love you. Peace out.